Before we get started, I'd just like to tell you about some recent changes we've made to our Patreon. We now have a Discord server that's exclusive for our Level Up and Queenship members. So if you'd like to chat directly with the hosts of this podcast and make friends with other like-minded queens, sign up for our Patreon and select either the Level Up or Queenship tier. As always, Patreon members have access to weekly bonus content on Fridays. And this past week, we talked about the recent subreddit shutdown and gave our members the inside scoop on what's been going on with the subreddit moderators and podcast hosts. Thanks for listening, queens, and on to the show. For today's Rose to Scrote, we have a message from Jennifer. She writes, I'd gone into the big city in my area to meet up with a guy I'd seen a few times. We were having a nice date, despite the fact that he was hungover from celebrating his 40th birthday and his friends the night before. Side note, I was 33 at the time, so for age gap context. He took me to a sushi restaurant, and afterwards we popped into a cute little bookshop, and he told me to pick anything I wanted which I absolutely did. I felt like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, and that would make him dot, 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 question mark, crying laugh emoji. <laughs> I think the Beast, right? Yeah. Okay, I was, I was going to say, if you're feeling like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, we had this discussion before on another episode, but Belle's the biggest pick-me, and her relationship is an abusive one, so this does not bode well. If you feel like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, that means your man's the Beast. Like, yeah, savage. <laughs> I kind of like that, though. (laughs) Um, Then we went to a nice bar and had a couple of drinks and talked. It was a great time until it was time to leave the bar. As we were leaving, he ordered a double shot of whiskey and downed it. We left the bar. We were walking back to his place chatting, and he told me to keep walking and he'd catch up in a second. I was very confused. I'm having a spidey sense tingling. Is this going to be another whiskey dick story? It's always the whiskey. I'm really worried something bad's going to happen. So he says... When he, he, when he told me to keep walking and he'd catch up in a second, I was very confused. What? I said, keep going, I'll catch up, he replied. So, although confused, I was a little worried because it was dark and I was in the city. I kept walking just a bit slower when I heard a splat. <laughs> what? Yeah. I stopped, turned to look, and he was throwing up into the street. Oh. I actually let out a sigh of relief because I was like, oh, thank God. Like, I thought she was going to, like, get mugged or something bad was going to happen to her because, you know, she was walking alone at night. But, yeah. Um, She says, I was shocked, stunned, and just so disappointed. He then caught up with me, and since the night was obviously over, he got me an Uber to get home once we got back to his place a few minutes later. And, yes, that was the last time I saw him. I don't know why guys think it's cute to get sloppy drunk like that. Yeah. Because, like, you don't want to kiss him all in the mouth after he's been puking his guts into the street. So. Yeah, you. <laughs> I just, like, gagged because that's such a gross mental image. Yeah, I don't even know. How how can we roast this girl other than the fact that he can't even hold his whiskey? Like, what the fuck? So he's already hungover, so he was drinking some more. Hair of the dog? Uh, what's it called? Have you not? Do you know that phrase, hair of the dog? No. It's like when you're hungover, and so you drink more alcohol to cure your hangover. That sounds like what he tried to do, but does that work? I'm, I'm just Googled the phrase, actually. So, hair of the dog, which is short for hair of the dog that bit you, is a colloquial expression in the English language predominantly used to refer to alcohol that's consumed with the aim of lessening the effects of the hangover. It's apparently the idea that um, people used to think that you could treat rabies by putting hair from the dog that bit you in the bite wound. Oh. And the fact that that, isn't, that is not true. Yeah, that's not think. true at all. <laughs> that's, that's not factually correct at all. Yeah. That makes me think that the hangover cure is probably also not true. But that's what alcoholics say to justify being a fucking alcoholic and, like, needing alcohol to 
feel like a normal person. They're like, oh, I'm just hungover. It's just so, just a little hair of the dog. <laughs> I wouldn't be going home with this guy either if he's sloppy, drunk, and puking on shit. It's just, yeah, night's over. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that roasted scrote, Jennifer. Um, if you'd like to submit your very own roasted scrote, go to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. You can also listen to our weekly bonus content and uh, join our discord and chat with us, suggest some topics. Again, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. Let's start the show. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. But today we're going to talk about this phenomenon that we've seen and that I've personally experienced where a lot of women who become active in FDS have been asking us, you know, how do we, a lot of our friends often before we find FDS or pick so, you know, how do we level up our friend group, essentially? Before we started recording, I realized that Mibro and Savannah have very different strategies for how we level up our friend group. So I am the sort of person, I have a really hard time letting go of friends that I've been friends with for a long time. So um, personally, I like to, (laughs) I take the persuasion tactic. So a lot of my friends, I will try to communicate with them in the way or sort of, you know, communicate FDS messages in a sort of maybe more covert way and help them in their level up journey. And a lot of the times, uh, (laughs) convincing a lot of my friends to break up with their shitty boyfriends along the way. So I like to work with what I've got. So the discussion we had before was how much to invest in leveling up your existing friend group versus when to just cut your losses. Mm. Because I was describing pretty much like most of my teens and my early 20s were like, all of the most toxic situations I was in was ironically not because of men, not because of a boyfriend I was with. And it's interesting because I think people would assume that because we, we, we drag men day in and day out that I must've had like a really horrible relationship history, but like, honestly, the most dangerous, most toxic situations that I've been in have been because of being dragged in a drama with pick me friends. And so yeah. So what can we do to level up our pick me friends? If you, you know, if you have friends that you feel like are genuinely struggling and uh, when do you cut your losses? And then once you cut your losses, how do you find a new friend group? Cause that's the other, that's the other piece of the puzzle. Yeah. It's hard to make friends. Right. So, I mean, I do make friends. I do have made new friends since finding FDS. And that's the great thing about FDS is just by simply embodying that queen energy. I find other base Queens, they're just drawn to you. And so you just find a way you just find each other in public. I, I, I met a woman, uh, last week, actually this exact way, but, um, that's, that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, what about, what about you, Savannah? What was your friend situation like before and after FDS? It's pretty much stayed the same, actually. I like to keep my friendship circle quite small. So I'm quite introverted. I don't really like speaking to people generally um so (laughs) i just keep my circle quite small um and you know i'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who when i came across it i thought it was really mean harsh and quite dramatic um i'm i'm quite sympathetic when um some of my friends are slow to absorb the information but to be fair like majority of my friends are quite based anyway in that 
you know, they're all working really good jobs. They, they do have relationships, but they leave them quite quickly. Um, so I've not really had like a pick me hellscape for, um, like for a friendship group. I've not, I mean, some friends I've been like, you know, your boyfriend's a bit shit, but I mean, I think, in those situations, and again, you know, going back to my days of being with shit men, is that a lot of, you know, women will have that awakening on their own. Um, there isn't anything I can say to them that will make them think I'm going to dump him tomorrow sort of thing. Um, so I found that just being supportive really helps and obviously drip feeding FDS as well. Um, but ultimately they will leave when they're ready to leave. So I think this topic came up when someone in our, patreon discord chat asked um you know how do i talk to a friend and support her and try to convince her to leave a shitty or even predatory or even abusive man and i obviously gleefully rubbed my palms together and responded immediately because (laughs) i love that i live for this shit i (laughs) maybe this makes me a bad person but i really enjoy uh, convincing my female friends to break up with shitty men. I'm I'm a home wrecker. <laughs> proud of it. I'm a home wrecker, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> as you should, as you should. I mean, some homes deserve to be wrecked. Some houses should be destroyed. So yeah, own it. It was already wrecked. I feel like you're just picking the woman out of the rubble, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, if she's coming to me to talk, okay. Here's the thing. A lot of women will come to me to talk about their shitty relationship, and we all know this, right? Like your friend comes to talk to you about their shitty relationship and she just wants to like vent or like complain. And then that's just a sort of like, you know, let go of some pressure so that she can like go back to him. And yeah, I don't do that shit. Okay. So when my friend, when my friends come to talk to me about their shitty relationship, that's when I'm in, um, like reconnaissance, like information gathering mode. So I'll listen sympathetically. I'll be like, yeah, that's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, she'll go back to her boyfriend. And meanwhile, I'm in planning mode. Okay. So uh, <laughs> again, so I, I, I replied to this person in discord with my four part strategy about what I do when a woman that I know or that I'm friends with, um, is with a shitty man and you want them to break up. So number one is a shitty man will often try to isolate a woman from her friend group. So whatever you do, don't let her isolate herself you know, stay, stay friends with her. And I know for some women, this might be hard, especially if, you know, you have to put a lot of emotional labor into it. So this might not be for everyone, but I live for this shit. So I enjoy the process. It's perfectly okay. Also though, to set bound emotional boundaries whilst not excluding somebody. So it's perfectly okay to say, you know, let's go out and, you know, let's go and have fun. Um, and just not talk about the relationship if you don't want to as well. You don't have to be an emotional punching bag for your friend's issues especially if it's a recurring issue i'm not saying like you know leave your friend high and dry um but for you you know for your own mental health and for your own sanity it's also okay to set boundaries on the amounts of complaints you absorb yeah and let me reiterate that because sometimes your friends and this is again this is what's happened to me is in the pursuit of trying to stay connected with your friend they can put you in messed up dangerous situations right like I had a friend (laughs) yeah I had a friend who was dating uh, a guy who like uh, a drug dealer at one point oh my gosh um just uh, yeah this is in high school and so he was older than us yeah he was older than us he had graduated he was maybe like in his early 20s 21 right what what's he doing with high school kids 
Well, he's a fucking loser, right? <laughs> when I was in high school, I did a guy like this. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, guys. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I had pick me friends who they were like, oh, I want to hang out with the older guys. Like, older guys are so cool. So he has his own, like, apartment and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they buy me. They can buy you McDonald's and fucking chicken wings and shit. <laughs> Yeah, they have a car and everything. So that can be impressive. Wow. Yeah. He's so grown up. Yeah. That's impressive when you're 15, 16 years old. So I had been in a couple of situations where there is like, I was underage and there was just like a ton of drugs. And now I'm talking weed, like hard shit. Right. And, uh, oh my gosh. It could have, right. <laughs> that's why I waited to tell the story till we were on air. Uh, there's, a, and there's even more so. I've had even more situations like this and I'm thinking about it, but I've been in situations like that where a friend in pursuit of her boyfriend and cause I didn't want to like leave her, I went with her and then end up in a situation like that, which realistically, I mean, I was underage, so maybe I wouldn't have been like put in jail over a drug bust or anything like that. But it's like, it was a situation where it obviously wasn't like safe for underage girls to be there because it's like him and all his like l- super duper massively low value negative value early 20s <laughs> negative value friends versus us as like high schoolers right mm. um and early high schoolers this is like freshman sophomore years this is not even like junior senior year where we were like so you're like 13 years old 14 years old <laughs> well no we're like f- we're like 15 14 15 Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I mean, I went with um I went with her because she didn't want to go by herself. So I went. A friend of mine ended up having sex with a couple of those guys in that friendship circle. And then they like called our types of names. And then like there were some con- there was some potential consent issues because she was passed out. Staying friends with pygmies is like you gotta set boundaries because some of them are extra like they're so thirsty for dick, they'll put you they'll put everybody in really dangerous situations because they don't see the potential harm or they're just they're so desperate to be liked by these guys right even their like low value boyfriend that they don't see the collateral damage that they're causing themselves and then everyone around them yeah drawing boundaries is really important and then it's up to you the individual listener to decide what those boundaries should be based on your risk assessment of this person like so my friends have never dragged me into dangerous situations with men a sex and drug den yeah (laughs) yeah they've never dragged me into a sex and drug den before you could even drive yet (laughs) yeah so i'm like i'm just listening to that story horrified like yeah sorry can't relate um but like probably the most dangerous thing my friends have ever done to me was like drag me into like camping or like outdoor situations so like most likely dangerous thing was like us getting fucked up by like a bear or like a puma or something so um different uh <laughs> different environment i don't know um yeah so my the other th- that's the other thing to remember is like you got to decide is this friend actually worth it like is this friend a good enough friend that you want to keep her around like is she worth is her soul worth saving basically i mean but she was such a cool friend otherwise that she just had these like crazy pick me tendencies that was the thing yeah, but that's the thing like risk versus reward high risk versus the reward right so and sometimes and sometimes it's like it's slow and gradual right because she wasn't always like that like we were we were childhood friends and then as we got to be teenager she just kind of went off the rails a little bit right okay so sometimes that transitory period you're starting to see who your friends are growing into yeah 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 when i was a teenager i was the dangerous person that (laughs) so i was the i was that person when i was a teenager like i mean 
I don't know. We grew up in like a suburban area. It's like the worst thing we'd ever do was like go in the wilderness in the middle of the night to like drink and like do drugs. And then we'd like be like the next day here of like a cougar reporting in the area and like, oh, fuck, like we totally could have gotten mauled by a mountain lion. Uh, you know, but yeah, that's like a good old Canadian bush party. But again, different types of <laughs> different types of activities. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So you have to decide if that person is worth it. Um, some women are more actively dangerous than others. And I'd like my friend, I don't know We're my friends, they're pretty like low risk and I think they're high reward. So I think they're worth yeah. investing in. Yeah. But, fair enough. Yeah. So that's up to you as the individual to decide how much effort you want to put into it. Is the person worth that kind of effort and, and so on. Right. But in general, I really live for, you know, making friends with women against and like allying ourselves against shitty men again, I genuinely enjoy the process. So if that's not a process that you enjoy, then this might not be worth it to you. But if you enjoy the process, then stay along for the ride. Um, yeah, so that was <laughs> part, point one. Is a, a Shitty men and abusers will often try to isolate his uh, target. So that's why if I think that my friends are in a shitty relationship or I'm seeing red flags of emotional abuse and so on, I will put an extra effort into staying friends with her because even if she's doing shit that pisses me off, Um, or, you know, she's bringing her low value boyfriend around and it annoys me. Um, I still, this is the other thing is like a lot of shitty men will act annoying in like social gatherings so that you think, oh, like, I don't want to fucking hang out with like Belle and her scrote boyfriend, Josh or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, (laughs) Josh, for example, will act shitty in social gatherings because he wants to piss people off. I mean, I don't know for sure if this is what he's doing, but this is the effect it's having. It's pissing people off and being like, oh, don't invite Belle to things because she's going to bring her shitty boyfriend and, you know, we don't want that. We don't want the vibe to be killed, so don't invite her to shit, right? So I, I don't know. You might have to, like, take her to the side and be like, girl, like, I love you, you know, I love spending time with you, but, like, your boyfriend, kind of a scro. Like, can you not bring him to the next camping trip? You know, please? Like, let's make it a girl's hike or just a girl's camping trip, that kind of thing, right? So, yeah, that's going to be up to you to decide what you want to do. So number two, though, Number two strategy is with my friends, I talk shit about men in general and I focus on traits that her boyfriend has, but, <laughs> but I don't, atta- I, here's the, here's the strategy is I never attack her boyfriend directly. I might mm. say like, Oh you yeah, know, I don't like his vibe or I don't like him or whatever, but I'll never be like, you shouldn't put up with this because your boyfriend is this, 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 or because here's the thing. When you criticize a woman's man specifically, she sees that as a reflection or as a criticism of her and her judgment. And she'll come up and she won't be receptive to it or she'll get defensive as well. That's, that's what I've seen as well. And this is why when the first time a friend comes to me to vent about her shitty boyfriend, I listen carefully. I ask questions, get as much information as possible because I'm not the sort of person to just like listen to a girl talk about her shitty boyfriend and then go home to him like over and over and over again. I'll let her have one con. I'll give her one freebie, one, one free therapy session where I listen patiently. Um, but after that I start to go into, um, I'll like, (laughs) I'll start to bring up the shitty things that men have done to me in the past and talk about shit, like shitty men in general, focusing on traits that her boyfriend has, but I, I won't be like, oh, yeah, because Josh does this, um, <laughs> you know, y- you know what I mean, right? Like, so yeah. <laughs> she, she'll make the link in her brain that this is something that her boyfriend does and that it's bad mm-hmm. and that other people think that that behavior is bad, but she won't feel attacked. So I'm going to do a counter to this. Um, okay. When I've done that, 
uh, a lot of times they just think you're a stuck up bitch and you're not down. Especially if she already is like desperate for the approval for that of the of that guy or his friend group, they'll basically be like, because men triangulate in this way too. They'll be like, "Oh, your friend's not cool, right? Or your friend is whatever stuck up, or your friend is this or that." Um, again, again, it's it's really tough because I feel like definitely okay when you're having these conversations, definitely not have it in earshot of men of the scrote yeah <laughs> i've done that before i've just been straight up i had i had a, a situation like where i where a guy was trying to get me to do some sexual shit because my pick me ass friend was doing it and i said something along the lines of no i have dignity and self-respect and <laughs> <laughs> which i i didn't Ooh. even mean as like a, a, a sh- it was kind of shade to her but it That's wasn't savage. like it wasn't on like purpose to be shade by her but i was more or less like no bitch i'm not doing it. i'm not like I, this isn't a monkey see monkey do and this isn't some kind of like clown show where i perform for you right so uh Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm not even getting paid for this shit like if i was gonna strip in front of you or like try to twerk on you or some shit like it should be like where's your you know i should be at least getting paid for that and so yeah my friend heard that and obviously her feelings were hurt and the thing is i just blurted it out because i wasn't really thinking but i was kind of like fuck this guy i'm not like yeah i'm not your monkey right so the backfired on that is yes if you do it in front of guys then she'll feel attacked or embarrassed and then they'll triangulate and then try to make it seem like oh your friend isn't shit right or your your girlfriend isn't cool and why'd you bring her etc etc right yeah but it goes without saying only do this when you're only in the company of other women right so me and my friends sometimes we'll get together just women and you know you know how women already love to complain about I don't know. In my group, at least, we love to complain about men. It's like this cathartic thing that we need to do every now and then where we just talk shit about men. There's not even a song about it. Rachel Bloom has like, let's generalize about men. Let's generalize <laughs> about men. It's like it's like a some kind of primal ritual we need now and then is the, the lyrics, right? So, but okay. So even, even when I've had conversations with pick-me's away from men, here's the thing. Either they don't respond or either they try to find something else to throw back in your face or third option they are in denial about it right yes they'll yes. try to they'll, re- they'll try to rewrite the narrative where they're really in control the whole time well sometimes what they'll do is they'll agree with you but they have that cognitive dissonance where um let's say if they see um because i've been in situations where we'll discuss like an abusive case on the news and she's like you know my friend or or the friendship was like yeah this is terrible but they're you know they're with men who are doing the same thing to them so like cognitive dissonance is also a massive can be a massive barrier to that as well so i had to convince a friend not to go to a party with a celebrity that was a well-known sex offender a well-known sex offender and uh i brought this up to her because not only did i actually personally know of women who he tried to prey on not only did i personally know of women he tried to prey on uh, a lot of other guys even said that this guy's dangerous, this guy's not shit, because at this point he had had a really, really, really big uh, rep for being a sexual predator. So when I talked to my friend about this, she's like, we got tickets to go to this uh, celebrity's party. Um, and I was like, well, I don't think it's safe for us to go there. And I, I had to tell her, like, I, I don't I don't think this person's a big enough of a deal for us to go expose ourselves 
to this environment because it was like it was one of those things where it was like a new year's party or like a special event party and it was like uh they were like exclusive tickets to hang out with this particular celebrity and i was like i don't feel like we're gonna go there and it's gonna be good for us (laughs) right so um Mm -hmm. and she kept saying i'm like "You, you heard about this person and both um, both through the grave time, but also some things that had been in the news about the celebrity. And she was like, yeah, but yeah, but I still want to go like just to go and stunt and take pictures and stunt on Facebook or whatever. Um, this person was willing to like really put us all in the company of a known sexual predator. Damn, your, your friends suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you're talking about a level of friend that is just way more toxic than the sort of people I've danced with. Yeah, so. I think so. <laughs> That's why I'm saying. I, I think it's a good, important conversation because when we talk about pickmies, sometimes people are like, you're being too hard on pickmies. You guys, like, they're all victims. And I'm like, no, they're not. We have different ideas about, like, they're, okay, there's there's two different types of pickmies. Like, there's the ones that are either, like, actively antis- antagonistic towards women or just don't really care about women's safety and are just super easily digmatized and really hardcore male identified. Yeah. Those are the ones that I consider much more dangerous. And those are the ones I, I avoid. Like, I just, I don't be friends with those ones in the, you know, to start with, because again, like I was raised by narcissists. So I just get really triggered by narcissistic people or people I consider a potential threat. So those people just like sort of trigger me. So I kind of avoid those people. Um, but the people that the, the pick me's that I'm talking about are the ones that are, generally like pretty well-meaning but have uh you know their hearts in the right place but they've just grown up in a patriarchal culture that tells them to prioritize men over women and you know they're just really desperate for approval um but they still like like women generally or you know want to be friends with women and wouldn't want their friends to be in danger kind of thing, you know? So I just, I just want to make sure we talk about both sides of this coin because I feel like I, I don't know if friendship trauma gets talked about a lot. Some of these things that happen because of me following my pick me friends, like legit traumatized me. I think there's also a middle ground as well. I think, you know, like you said, um, like Lilith, when you were talking about the types of pick me's, there are also some in the middle who are perhaps a bit more receptive and, a bit um a bit more benign than the pick me's that rose talking about but they can also do some stupid and dangerous shit as well so i just think you just have to um i think for me also finding fds was also really really useful because it also gave me the tools to not only vet you know men but also my friends as well vetting and assessing them and then that would determine the amount of effort i'm willing to put in to be their emotional support the only caveat i would have is that i may maybe this is a flaw in me but i generally give women an easier time than men with men i walk i do not hesitate to walk away at the first sign of disrespect because i know that men in general are much more capable of destruction at least in my personal experience um I find men to have a much greater ability to be destructive than women. Like with women, I mean, yeah, like now that I'm talking to Ro, I'm realizing like, yeah, women can be pretty fucking destructive too. Usually over approval from men, like it's almost always that. And so I specifically talk about when I, when I think of a pick me, these are the women that I'm thinking of. Right. And I'm thinking of the women that like we made fun of in our bonus content that would like actually hook you up with a prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. The type of women that would, 
drag you to go see their boyfriend in prison. But I've had friends that have really been so desperate for approval or like they just want to be a hot girl. They want to be a hot girl. They want to be part of the in-group. They want to feel like they're like messing with all the most popular guys. They're kind of like the call her daddy girls, right? In some respects, like, yeah, it's all, it's all, a lot of it's for show. It's like, you want to hang out with this athlete, this celebrity, uh, or even if you don't have like athletes and celebrities, just like even local scrotes, meaning if you're underage, having a much older, cooler boyfriend with a car or, um, cool being relative or like my boyfriend has this, this and this and this and this. And, um, because they don't vet these guys or they're just so attracted to the clout, then their friends become like a collateral damage in their quest for uh, popularity or attention. And also uh, they're sometimes they're the first ones to throw you under the bus yeah, for like male approval. Sometimes they're so narcissistic or so sociopathic. They do not hesitate there to throw their friend under the bus just for fame or attention from men. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes not even close to worth it. It's just like a dangle of a sprinkle of attention from men. Like a breadcrumb. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. So you're just going to stab me in the front, huh? Like over something stupid. Yeah. So I guess you're going to have to decide for yourself if that friend, because those kinds of friends sound like just people you, yeah, that's the sort of friend you just want to cut off because they're just too toxic to like any, any time you spend around them is just going to contaminate you. So, or just going to make your life worse. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm talking more about like pick me friends that are relatively harmless. Um, the reason why you hang out with these girls though, is cause like parties tend to be lit when they do have good parties. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, they're right? more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, but just to summarize point two, I find like talking shit about men in general traits that her boyfriend has, but not attacking her boyfriend specifically to avoid getting her defensive. But it's also about delivery too. So I, I deliver it in like a haha, funny, relatable kind of way. Not like a, you know, I, I try not to sound too like angry or too like polarizing or too divisive or whatever. It's you got to work on your delivery or at least like, I don't know, the delivery matters. So I, when I do it in like a haha, funny, relatable way, people are more receptive to that message. Um, but yeah. And then, and then like to deal with the women who are, who would maybe get defensive about that anyways. That's why I employ strategy number three, which is to just gas her up. I, you know, with, with my friends, like my goal is that by the end of the night that they leave feeling amazing about themselves. Um, you know, I, I, I gas my friends up. I tell them, you know, you're beautiful, smart, funny, you're a good person. This it's a very important to be honest about your compliments with other women though. I never, lie to my female friends. I just describe them accurately. And I think the value in this is that often with a shitty man, a lot of the times he will like nag her, he'll put her down, he'll try to make her feel like shit about herself. And a lot of the reasons why women stay with shitty men is because they don't think they deserve any better. Right. And so the point of this is to Mm. help her boost her self-esteem and help her internalize the fact that she has value that she doesn't it also you know a lot of pygmies think like i have to do things for people in order for them to like me or in order for me to have worth and so i gas up my friends because i want them to know that they are inherently valuable but again you got to decide like is this person worth it to do this kind of emotional labor so here's here's my contrarian (laughs) (laughs) contrarian point so um 
If your friend is narcissistic, this will backfire on you. Yeah, yeah. if your friend is narcissistic, yeah, exactly. That was going to be my point. Because again, with like narcissistic type women, a lot of them do have cripplingly low self-esteem. But their response to that is to build themselves up to be almost godlike and all-knowing and um, do everything to cultivate this image that they're the shit. Right. Yeah. So then their response sometimes to you saying they're you're the shit that they're the shit is to then like neg you because they need to be the queen bee because they're super insecure. Right. So they can't have real friendships with you because their friendship is based on your, your, your friendship with them is based on you not making them feel bad about themselves because they feel shit about themselves all the time. But it's super easy to make someone like that feel bad about about bad about themselves. If you're anywhere like near, if you're, if you're like, if they perceive you to be better than them in any conceivable way. And I've had a, 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 a decent amount of frenemies this way where I didn't realize till way too late that they were in this like one-sided competition with me over something I wouldn't have mm. even considered, to be honest, right? They might be like, they might think you're smarter than them or you went to better school or you're prettier than them or something like that. And so you trying to gas them up sometimes because they can't, they can't admit that they, that you make them feel insecure. They'll just like, take the compliment and be like, yeah, I know, or something along those lines and then like shit on you, right? Or try to neg you back or they won't return the compliment because they're too insecure to have a genuine uh, reaction to that. So that that hasn't always, again, I, I don't know if my experience is typical or not, but um, when it comes to certain pick me's, it's like they, they live in like a dual consciousness where they both have like insanely low self-esteem, but also want to project the image that they don't. Right. So you, you telling them that they're the shit just sort of makes them feel like they're being validated in their behavior in that moment. Right. Cause they'll take, they'll take that as like confirmation that they're better than you or something like that. Right. Again, I get triggered by narcissistic people. So this, this woman that you're describing, I, this is an amalgamation of multiple friendships I've had, unfortunately. And this is where I'm saying, I think because you, (laughs) you, I think you mentioned in an earlier episode, you've got like resting nice face. Yeah. That's really a problem. I think narcissistic people might just be drawn to people like that. I'm mostly cool with people unless I think they're bullshitting me or unless I think that they're trying to, like harm someone or if if they're doing something I feel like is more like super morally reprehensible. I'm mostly cool with people. Like I I don't really go out of my way to, to like make them feel bad or anything, but then people start to think, Oh, because you don't necessarily show your teeth right away that you're harmless. Yeah. So I, I don't know if like you've just met an extraordinary number of narcissistic women over the course of your life, but like these sorts of women, I get turned off by them just because I, I don't know. Like we, I, th- I find I tend to fight with them a lot. Like they just become my instant enemy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe cause I'm also a bit of like a domineering, like alpha woman type. Um, so yeah, they, they see it as a competition, but I just avoid these types of women. I don't know. The, the gassing up your friends technique. I use that mainly on my friends who are generally good people and their hearts in the right place, but they just have really low self-esteem. And for them, the gassing them up, isn't like a source of yeah. supply. It's just like, they've been beaten down so much over life by so many different people that finally talking to someone who sees their qualities and, you know, reminds them about them, it feels good and it feels validating. And so that's why they, they, and that makes them want to spend more time with me. Um, And the reason for why I do this is because yeah, abusers will like, or abusers or just shitty men in general will 
even like low effort men, I find that I find that the line between a low effort man and an emotionally abusive man is very fine because a lot of low effort men will use emotional abuse as a way of keeping a girlfriend around without having to put in any effort. Cause that's ultimately what I find abuse, like abusive men. The reason why they're abusive is because they don't want to put in the effort of actually being a good person uh, that people are attracted to and want to be around. So they'll use coercion, insults, manipulation, and all kinds of shitty tactics to get people to stick around or to decimate a woman's self-worth so she thinks she can't do any better. So this is also why some of my friendships turn toxic because their scrope boyfriend was triangulating my pick-me friend against me. I don't know if you guys ever did this, if you've ever bought like a similar outfit to your best friend. Uh, and so there was a time where I, me and my friend wore the same outfit and then her scrote boyfriend was like oh your your girlfriend looks or your your friend looks better in it than you right saying shit like that so sometimes so be careful because sometimes these scrote boyfriends that they're with either in front of you or behind the scenes they're triangulating that woman against you and that's why sometimes she's like irrationally hostile towards you that's actually a very good point because this this actually does follow in my experience as well that checks out because um after i (laughs) this has happened a few times where after like a night together or night out, um, a night in or a night out with my girlfriends, uh, they'll go home and they're feeling really awesome. And if they go home to a really shitty man, um, he will try to like take her down a peg or like neg her or they notice that, Oh, you know, I don't like that Lilith girl. Like she's putting ideas in your head. Right. right? So that's when they'll start to triangulate me against her. But the purpose of the gassing her up the, the purpose of the gassing her up is that so that she feels better with me than when she feels with her boyfriend. Because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. people often respond not so much to the actual words that you are saying, but they'll respond to the way that you make them feel. And True. so if you're if you're talking to one of your female friends and she feels like shit every time she spends time with her boyfriend, but you treat her really well and you talk about all the qualities about her that you love and you make her feel like she's on top of the world. Like she's powerful. Like she could, you know, conquer anything. She's going to start to think like, Hmm, I really enjoy spending time with my friend. I don't enjoy spending time with my shitty boyfriend. My shitty boyfriend's now trying to talk shit about my friend who makes me feel good. She's a lot, it makes her a lot less vulnerable to that kind of triangulation or it makes it a little bit easier to see through it. Yeah. Assuming she's not a massive pick me that just gets jealous, right? Yeah. That just falls into the, that falls right into the trap again, toxic friendships that I've had that that's going on behind closed doors. You may not know that that's what's going on. And then even your attempts to be like, let's go out, let's feel good. Let's go somewhere and just meet new guys. They look at it like you're trying to be better than them. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you're trying to be the boss or something. Lilith is giving really, really great advice. I'm just giving like the caveats to her advice, meaning like some, t- some of these, some of these chicks are truly unsalvageable and you attempting to do these, these tactics will end up, will sometimes end up backfiring. And I can tell you a friendship breakup is actually really difficult, right? It can be as painful as a regular relationship breakup. So yeah, for sure. There's times where I stayed in these friendship, trying these tactics and some of the different things that, um, Lilith said and then the eventually there was like some massive blow up and in hindsight I'm like all the red flags were there all the times where I should have walked away were there and I should have walked away and then when I did finally work walk away it was really 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 painful you know when they're not being like pick me's like they can be cool in other respects and so you're emotionally invested in each other in that kind of way and then once you don't have that friend anymore it can be really 
hard. So my my caveat to everything that Liz is saying is just like really, really evaluate whether that one is worth <laughs> worth doing all this for before like you're so emotionally invested that it's going to be painful to leave that friendship or she legit puts you in dangerous situations for which you could actually be uh, uh, actually harmed. Yeah. So as, as we discussed at the beginning of this episode, you have to decide first of all, if this friend is worth saving, if she's adding value to your life, if she's a generally good person and a good friend, this advice of gassing her up and so on is under the assumption that this person is worth saving, that she's not a narcissist, that she is you know, generally well-meaning and a good friend, but that she just has low self-esteem and has gotten caught up in the manipulation of a shitty man. So that is the context within this advice. Yeah, true. You know, if you're listening to this and thinking, I've tried that and that's not going to work for me or that didn't work on me. It could be that the conditions in which you're applying this advice are not the same. So you have to make sure that you are working with someone who's already generally good-natured, you know, is already like pretty good friend yeah, I'm, I'm telling you when to hit the parachute and save yourself. Like, just jump off. <laughs> jump away from this relationship. It's important to know when to do that as well. Yeah. So number four of my, of my four-part strategy for how to get your girl to leave a shitty man is... And this is the one where I do exaggerate a bit. I said don't lie when you're, ta- when you're talking about complimenting your girl. But... The number f- that, that was number, a lie. No, no, no. <laughs> number three is true, but number four, this is where I do. Ex- I don't ever. I never straight up lie, but I do exaggerate a little bit. Um, brag about all the nice things that men do for me, um, and this. The purpose of this is to help her realize that a better life is possible, and that she doesn't have to put up with bad treatment because quote, all men are like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all heard the like, oh, all men watch porn. Oh, all men do this. All men do that. And so a lot of women, even though here's the thing, like. I see this a lot on like Radfem Twit or Radfem Twitter where, you know, all men are like this, blah, blah. And even if it is true, even if it is true that every single man on this planet is a piece of shit, I don't think that that narrative is as helpful because it makes it way too easy for women to internalize that and go, oh, well, all men are like that. If I want a relationship, then I have to lower my standards or I have to put up with it and so on. Right. And so I mm-hmm. find that it's the same thing when I'm talking to a guy and I talk about you know, even if I've been abused or treated badly by men before, I never tell a man that I'm currently dating that men in the past have treated me badly because that communicates that I'm used to being yes. treated badly yeah. and that he can afford to do that. But a guy from a particular culture was like asking me if I'd ever dated guys from that culture before. And I said, yes, I, in fact, you know, I love how men from this culture, they know how to treat a lady. They've always treated me like a princess. And I could see in this guy's head that he's his wheel the wheels were already turning and in his mind i knew that he i could see that competitiveness in his eyes right like mm-hmm. men are very competitiveness and so or, men are very competitive so yeah. if you tell him that you've been treated really well by guys in the past they will think like oh first of all that's what she's accustomed to so i have to treat her at least as good as that if i want to maintain her interest um yeah, that, that's pretty much what... And, and then it'll make them more competitive. They want to com- be better than the other guys. So if anything, they'll try to treat you better. So, But that, again, just my personal experience. But a similar thing happens when you're talking to women. I find when you... I'm thinking like pre-FDS. When me and my friends would commiserate about all the shitty things that men did to us, and then we would just not do anything about it and just go back to our shitty boyfriends at the end of the night, it almost like perpetuates this idea that like as a woman, it's kind of your job to just put up with shit behavior from men and just suck it up and just put up with it and then just deal with it, right? Is is when you talk about the nice things that men have done for you and you've flattered your friend sufficiently, she will start to think like, oh, you know, 
this person says, I'm amazing. You know, I like my friend. She's amazing. These are all the amazing things that men have done for her. Therefore, like I deserve to be treated well, or that it's possible to be treated well by men. So if once you plant that idea in her head and she's with a shitty man who treats her worse, she's going to be like, why the fuck am I with this girl? Like, why can I, why would I do that when I can do better kind of thing? The point of the number four is to plant the idea in her mind that she can and deserves to have better. So this, this works if she doesn't feel competitive with you or if she doesn't feel like you're shading her because I've unintentionally shaded friends when they were bragging about something that I thought was like some pick me shit, meaning a guy did this for her. And then I was like, well, yeah, they should. And to be fair, I've been on the other side of that with a friend where I had, a, you should have friends actually maybe on both sides where like one friend that's slightly more pick me than you and another friend that's more bossed. Um, I've been on the other side too, where I had a friend that was more <laughs> for balance. Yeah. The balance that was slightly more boss than I. And I was like, happy about something that a boyfriend did and then she was like well yeah that that should happen i felt like kind of bad that i accepted less but then i like kind of saw the i saw the wisdom of it and then i just moved on if you're dealing with a person who's highly insecure or still like is desperate for male approval their reaction to that is going to feel competitive or like they want to attack you or bring you down a peg yeah again don't be friends with toxic people right so if your friend responds to that's actually maybe a good betting strategy for friends. Like if you talk about something positive that a man did for you, does she go, Oh, that's so nice of him. I'm so happy for you. Then she's probably a decent person. I mean, maybe a really, really fucking toxic person would say that, but then inside they're like, fuck this bitch. I'm going to destroy you. Another thing, um, that can be quite useful is to focus on how it's making her feel. Um, and also talk about the pros of just being single, just, you know compare okay if you didn't have this guy just how different would your life be you wouldn't be stressing you'd probably have more money you could be be doing you know what you want to do because ultimately it isn't just about there are other men who can treat you better whilst that's true but our you know default relationship status is generally single unless we're out there with somebody and it's still better to be single than to be with a scrote as well see that that's the lesson that i don't know that you can teach pick me that's that's the yeah. thing i'm i'm trying to get at is and that's why that's not part of my advice because on <laughs> that shit doesn't work on pick me's i'm sorry so kind of go back to my earlier story that friend sees the fact that all these guys even though she even though they really drag the shit out of her behind closed door. All these guys, at least are hanging out with her is evidence that she's successful and she knows what she's talking about. Right. Because you can keep a, a harem of low value men around you fairly easily. But then what I'm saying though, is to challenge the idea that, you know, getting, you know, low value attention is, is better than is, you know, first of all, that it's actually valuable. And secondly, it's better than being single. It's about challenge. It's about challenging the fundamental beliefs. It's more difficult to do. Um, I appreciate that, but but ultimately, if they if if women don't learn this lesson, this whole thing is futile. This is why you see women continuously getting into bad relationships. They'll leave one skirt and everyone has a party, then they're back with another one. They, I think, for me, you know, when FTS began to make the most sense and when I started having the most success with the strategies. It was essentially when I internalized the fact that being single is better than being with most men. So with that, 
I was single for I like where she always had a boyfriend and I was single for most of that time. But when I got a boyfriend, he was much higher value in the way that he spoke and treated me. Exactly. Exactly. But this is why, again, toxic friend, she ramped up the bullshit. And like she then she's the type of girl. because She needs attention. She would try to like be over, overly flirtatious, try to hang all over my boyfriend and stuff like that because she needs Attention. Okay, this friend sounds like a dick. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, she is. Yeah, this friend is a lost cause, girl. She sounds like a dick. But this is what I'm saying is like with pick me's is like even if you show them like, oh, guys can treat you better than this. She Now she's crazy jealous because I have one boyfriend who treats me better than yeah. all these like shitty dudes she's triangulating. It was so fucked. What's so fucked about it in hindsight now is because, again, I didn't really put it two and two together, but like she would fuck these guys and then like literally we'd all go out some other way. And we'd go out to like the club or something like that. And then she's off like trying to pretend like she's a socialite. And I'm talking to these dudes and they're dragging the shit out of her like while I'm sitting next to her, like when she's not in earshot. <laughs> like the first thing they do like, is they like hate her even though they're fucking her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She was fucking guys who actively hated and disrespected her. And so then she, she sees like them talking to me and she can sees that they respect me they she sees that they respect me even if uh, at least enough to be honest to me and she's mad right because these are her men and these I mean, are it like could also be this gross triangulating using you it could be that too it's probably a little bit of both to be honest but some of it is like because she's so desperate all the time that i think that like they realize like oh i can pretty much do anything and she's gonna do some pick me shit and then spin it to make it seem like she's like in control so my whole thing is like uh, when you do get a boyfriend, if you try to show them better, they may not like respond positively. We're talking about past boyfriends, like not even men that you're currently with, but talking about nice things that men have done in the past. Yeah. But this is all under the assumption that this person is a generally good person. Their heart is in the right place. They're not a toxic person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause this, again, all of this advice that I'm saying is only to be used in the context of a friend who you like, who you don't want to give up on. But she has a few little pick me tests. And he's worth saving, yeah. Some women, that kind of effort is not worth it. Personally, like, I've not experienced that many women trying to compete with me. I have, like, from my standpoint, I find that when you lead by example, by being the sort of women that they want to be, be the change you want to see in the world, right? And if women see you being successful, and those women are generally good people, like obviously toxic women, they see you being successful, they're going to try to destroy you. But a woman who's generally a good person, they're going to see someone being successful, and they're going to be like, okay, I want to be like you. How do I be like you? They're going to start unconsciously even adopting some of your mannerisms or your attitudes, right? I've learned over the course of my life about how to lead i mean as part of my job literally and how to lead by example more specifically and a big part of my career my job is basically about um you know how to influence others uh through sales or persuasion or and, and so on right so what i'm talking about in this episode are soft power skills for how can you lead your girl gang into a newer better bosser you know how can you get your Pick me friends who are generally good people. How do you help them level up and become boss bitches who don't take any shit from men who have higher standards and better boundaries? This four part strategy and also just how to get them to leave a shitty man. Because what Savannah was saying about the happiness of being single, I think that for a woman who's currently in a relationship, a lot of women who who don't want to leave their shitty man, it's because they're afraid of being single. And so I think you got to meet women where they're at 
almost. And when you're talking to, again, an appeal, when you're trying to persuade someone, you have to appeal to the things that are important to them. So if you're talking to a pick me friend, who's afraid of leaving her boyfriend, cause she doesn't want to be single. Um, talking about how great it is to be single is just going to fall on deaf ears. I think talking about how, you know, men have treated me really well in the past, and this is how I behave in order to, you know, achieve that sort of treatment. Um, I find that that sort of the, the promise of get a better relationship is almost more incentivizing than just the idea that being single is better than being with a low value man. And then once they break up, that's when you can go on a bunch of adventures together as girls. And then she will learn through experience the beauty of being single without a shitty scrote. So that's a message that comes later after they've yeah, broken up. Yeah. Thinking of, you know, you know, the pick me in the relationship who values being in a relationship above all else, mm-hmm. right? If you're saying there's better men out there, um, even if she leaves that relationship, and this is from personal experience, they don't spend any time being single. They're back out there looking for someone else. And this is how you get women who are just in serial relationships. And this is why I sort of say, I think you can do both. You can say there are better men out there, but you can also say it's better being single than being in a shitty relationship. I think you can give both messages at once. Like what I'm trying to be um, like cautious of is just essentially inadvertently encouraging, um, you know, women just, uh, just to keep focusing on, you know, getting into relationships, you know, finding a good man, because whilst that is, you know, I'm not saying women shouldn't look for relationships, but you know, if you've been in a bad relationship already, you should spend a lot of time single, in my opinion, because you need to recalibrate your standards and boundaries because the reason why they're in that bad relationship is because their standards and boundaries are way off or if not non-existent. Yeah. Um, and so even if they come out of that relationship, there's absolutely no guarantee they won't get into another shitty one because they don't have the correct framework or, or they may not recognize, you know, what a good relationship actually looks like. And also if we're talking about, um, you know, the way that a man, you know, that could treat. So let's say, for example, if you say, to, I'm not saying you say this, but just an example, um, you know, my boyfriend pays for dates. Um, if they're then out there dating, they then might start getting excited if a man pays for dates, if that makes sense, even though he may not be a good person. So what I'm saying is, I think the messaging needs to be applied with caution. And again, it's also about the analysis of your friend. If she's been in a string of bad relationships, I just don't think it's a good idea to keep pushing the idea that there are better men out there, at least until she's been single for for some time and has able and has been able to reflect on that but that's just that's just a caveat to that and that's the criticism of the subreddit right because a lot of times we we talk about how there's women that come on the subreddit and they're like they're they're prematurely assigning high value to their new man because he's just slightly better yes exactly yeah or has some of the markers of being like better than in in a lot of respects than the guy they dated before but still doesn't mean he's high value right if you went from you know a guy who didn't have a place who never paid for dates who was just generally like a couch creature to uh, a man who has a job and pays for dates and they're like all they're automatically like oh he's high value and they jump the gun because they look at it like, oh, I've leveled up and I'm different, but they haven't actually fixed those internal self-esteem issues. Or they haven't fixed their vetting. Yeah, the vetting, but also the self-esteem. Because then what happens is like, even if you got a guy that has better, uh, like uh, a better package, like you can still, he can still be low value and still be toxic to you in the same way, even if he's not like a flat out bum, like your previous boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. So two things about that. One, about Savannah's point about the importance of um, showing that the single life can be great. That is important, definitely. All I'm saying, and I do convey that message, it's just not my first... It's not my main strategy. That's something that I'll talk about on the side, like if I'm single and talking about, you know, cool shit I'm doing and stuff. And well, a lot of the times when I just straight up say it is better to be single than to be with a low value or shitty man, a lot of women will just agree with that statement on its face because it's just so obvious. But what I'm talking about are the women who are, you know, like you said, are in relationships, they value their relationships a lot. They're afraid of being single. Um, talking about how being single isn't so scary or being single is great and so on. It just is not um, a good selling point. It's just, um, it's just not very persuasive. So whereas talking about, Oh, there are other men that treat that can treat you better. That is more incentivizing to at least get her to break up with her shitty man because, and once she's, cause then she's thinking, okay, once I break up with this shitty guy, then I'm available to find all these other better guys. Um, but it's almost like, certain things women can't learn except from, for, from experience. You know how like sometimes you'll be talking to a pick me and sometimes they got to go through a ton of heartbreak or a lot of shit before they finally like get the message, you know? So things about like the being single is fun. I feel like it's more effective when they learn that from experience, um, by actually having a good time as a single person. Um, but, and then number two, I want to circle back to what Rose said about, um, you know, talking about things that nice, talking about nice things that men have done for me and she gets competitive. I think in this context, uh, delivery is also very important. So for example, I would say, I would not say it in the context of like, let's say her boyfriend is doing something shitty. I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, well my man did this for me kind of thing. Or like, Oh, my ex did this for me kind of thing. Right. So so I would not bring it up in the context of her talking about her shitty man, because that's going to seem, that's going to very directly convey a more competitive thing. Um, you know, I would bring it up in another context or just sort of even passing in conversation. Um, and again, like saying it in a way like, oh, this is something amazing that a guy did for me. Like, you know, that's, that's how men should be like, girl, like you're so amazing. You deserve to be treated that way kind of thing. Right. In a way that makes her feel uplifted and not like, oh, I'm stupid or I'm a piece of shit for tolerating this for my man. You know what I mean? There's women to me that are pick me's like out of ignorance. And then there's like women that make a choice to be a pick me in some respects. Cause that, that's another criticism too. There's women that as soon as they get a boyfriend, they abandon other friends, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have a woman who's not the type to do that, who's otherwise like still socially plugged in and connected and is not like, as soon as I get a boyfriend, I'm abandoning everybody else. Then these types of things tend to work because you're, you're, you're staying connected. You're keeping that network. She at least has like a balanced enough. Uh, understanding of her life to maintain her friendships in addition to her boyfriend. But I think when you're dealing with uh, my boyfriend is my everything, I'm cutting off all these like uh, other women as soon as I get a man. Yeah. Those are the kind of women who need to learn from bitter experience, unfortunately. Okay. So my mom always used to say this thing to me. She says, smart people learn from their own experiences. Smarter people learn from other people's experiences and stupid people never learn at all. And so for the people who never learn, yeah, you just got to give up on them. Yeah. Like they're, they're hopeless. You got to just cut them off. I just want to put boundaries on it the same way we do with men, right? Because we, we, we talk about like these behaviors and extremes and that like when you have a conversation and when to cut your losses. So here's another red flag, actually. This, this is another red flag that I like to keep in mind, which is that um, beware of like one-sided friendships. So, um, you know, there have been fr- former friends that I've now cut off where, um, you know, with this strategy, I'm sure there's going to be women with their spidey senses tingling, like, 
oh, you know, I've done this for friends and they'll happily use me for my emotional labor. But then when I need something, they are like bored or disinterested or, you know, don't reciprocate. Right. So that's another thing to be mindful of with this strategy is that if you are talking to a friend and it's a very one-sided relationship where you're the one gassing her up and telling her she's amazing and listening to her talk about her shitty boyfriend and doing tons of emotional labor, labor for her, but she doesn't do the same for you. That person is not a friend. That person is a user. And that's why you shouldn't be friends with people like that. So the other caveat being only yeah. do this sort of work for friends where, again, I have a hard time letting go of friendships that I've had for a long time where we've been through a lot together. I've helped her with her problems. She's helped me with my problems. Uh, those kinds of friendships are the ones that I think are sticking through post FDS level up. A lot of those types of women can be saved and I do want to save them. So, and you know, honestly, I enjoy making them break up with their shitty boyfriends. That's just, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. And I, w- I would also say if they start to really level up, it could change the dynamic of your friendship and just be aware of that. I have had like friends I've had for a long time. And if I've started to level up in a certain way, the dynamic changes. Mm. Yeah. I had this a lot when I lost a lot of weight, actually. Yeah. So just, you just understand once your friend starts to level up, they may, once they level up, want to leave their friendship, right? And it may not even be entirely about you. They might just feel more confident to explore different things, right? So that's the other thing about this kind of work is be prepared for it perhaps to be a benevolent type of sacrifice because they might they might level up, start getting confidence and then be like, I want to explore this part of my life or this part of my personality or something different. So mm-hmm. um, I still think it's absolutely worth doing if it's a good person. I have front one friend who who leveled up and then she kind of left for a bit. And then we've, we've since rekindled our friendship a bit. So sometimes even with those people, they might go off travel, spend a year abroad or something, you know, just sort of keep in touch with them and they might come back and then, and then you can continue the relationship. But again, toxic people cut them off. Non-toxic people who just are making mistakes. I think those, I think it's very worthwhile, benevolent thing to, help show them, help guide them into the right direction so that you can all live your best lives together. Be prepared, but be prepared to lose them either way. So understand that this is a greater good type of exercise. Yeah, I do it for the greater good. Okay, that's that's the thing. Like I just, again, like uh, back to the emotional labor thing. If this is something that's very taxing for you and you don't enjoy doing it, then don't. Yeah. I just have the disposition where I just really get off on, you know, the, I love, I love when I just gas up my friends and they feel like an alpha bitch and yep. then they go home to their shitty boyfriend and start talking about like, well, Lilith said this about her man. Like, why can't you do the same? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like I, I just really enjoy ruining shitty relationships like that. <laughs> and I also really enjoy helping women boss up so that nothing makes me happier in life. And I do that partially because it makes me happy. And it's worked out a few times. So I'm like, hell yeah, if this works. Like I'm going to keep doing it. And I do, it's not, I don't have hundred percent success, right? I still have a couple friends left who are still with their screw boyfriends, but I'm here to play the long game. Okay. Like yeah, I'm long patient. Game, this is absolutely a worthwhile thing to do for like the overall betterment of our society. The more women that set good boundaries and have a, um, a good, a positive, like vision for their future, a positive, uh, understanding of relationships or, or, or really a understanding of relationships that's more likely to lead to positive, happy results, the better we all are. So just to summarize Lilith's four part strategy for how to make your bestie leave her shitty scrote boyfriend is one, 
make or stay close friends with her so that she's not isolated. Two, talk shit about men in general, specifically traits that her boyfriend has, but don't roast her boyfriend specifically. Otherwise she will, otherwise she will feel like she's being personally attacked. This helps her get better at identifying problematic male behavior, but in a haha funny way. Three, you know, gas her up, tell her she's beautiful, smart, funny, a good person that she deserves the best things in life. Be genuine. So that's something when she looks in the mirror, she can repeat back to herself and know that it's true. Um, and this boosts her self-esteem. It helps her internalize the fact that she has value. And four, brag about all of the nice things that men do for you. This helps her realize that a better life is possible. And that she doesn't have to put up with bad treatment because quote, you know, all men are like that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but again, I think that the goal of all of this is to, you know, raise consciousness among women, you know, help women forge greater bonds with each other instead of men and to level up your standards and your boundaries and learn that you don't have to put up with shit for men because uh, your girl gang will meet your emotional needs where your man won't. All right. So that's our show. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for weekly bonus content. Uh, we just had a riot recording this episode about <laughs> uh, 10 tips for dating a prisoner. Tip number one, don't. Yeah, number one, don't. Don't, don't ever in your, in your life. That was a fucking funny episode to record and edit. And so I really hope that more women sign up for the Patreon to, to listen to that just to hear it because it was so gold. It was funny. <laughs> one of our best episodes, I think. My stomach hurt from laughing too much. <laughs> you can discuss the episode on our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. We have a forum there um, and an episode thread. You can go ahead and go in there and discuss some of the nuances there and give us some feedback if you want to, as well as there's also a Discord, actually, if you sign up for our Patreon, too. So you can also uh, interact directly with us. Also, follow us on Twitter at femdatstrat. So thanks for listening, queens. And for all you shitty scrote boyfriends, we're coming for your girlfriends. Die mad. See you next week. Yeah.